The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. For Children's Books of the Year, we're delighted to be joined by Claire Hennessy, who's a young adult author whose books include Like Other Girls and Nothing Tastes as Good, and Podrick Kenny, who's a children's author of books like The Shadows of Rookhaven. Thank you very much, both of you, for joining us. I'm going to start with you, Podrick, because you have a book that we're familiar with on this programme because Aoife Dooley has been a guest a couple of times with us. She did a culture club about Frankie's World. Tell us why this is one of your picks of the year. Yes, indeed, Frankie's World uh, by Aoife Dooley. Aoife is an illustrator writer who was uh, diagnosed with autism at the age of 27. And this is a graphic novel about a girl called Frankie in sixth class, working class girl with autism. Although she doesn't get diagnosed with autism until near the end of the book. Um, And the thing, the reason I picked this is, I'll, I'll go back a bit, um, in terms of representation of autism, I think one of the worst things that ever happened to, to culture and to representation of autism was Rain Man. Because everyone believed that uh, Dustin Hoffman's character was representative of all autistic people. Now, Frankie, in this book, is probably a bit more representative of people on the spectrum. She uh, has lots of sensory issues, so Eve explores them. Uh, she has issues with uh, feeling overloaded by her environment, that kind of thing. But the thing about the book that I really liked is very warm, very funny and very charming. Which is very Aoife. Very Aoife. Absolutely, exactly. And she's very funny herself, Aoife, if anyone who knows her. Um, <clears throat> and, a brilliant, and a brilliant graphics as well. I mean, she draws brilliantly. And the graphics themselves, they're deceptively simple, but the range of expression she gets in her characters are, are phenomenal. Like there's fear, there's anxiety, there's happiness. Um, she uses a very simple colour palette. It's just blue and it's just orange. Um, as someone who peaked maybe in High Babies with Stickmen, I'm really impressed with the fact that someone can can use these kind of uh, these graphics. They're simple graphics. They're they're fantastic. Um, but she gets across the, the sense of what it's like to have autism. In that Frankie feels like an alien. She feels out of place in the world, um, and she has friends who feel like outsiders too. It's a very funny book, very warm, very charming, and it's about family. And it's aimed at age five to eight, but I think it's probably of use to kids of lots of ages. I think I think it's of use to adults yeah. as well as children. It's the kind of book that should be in every school in Ireland, basically. From Frankie's World by Aoife Dooley. OK, the first one I'm looking at for you, Claire Hennessy, is Well Done, Mummy Penguin by Chris Houghton. Chris Houghton, who is just a wonderful um, author and illustrator and very kind of child friendly. So again, actually, just to sort of follow on from, from, from what Park was saying, the... Um, the illustrations um, in in all of Chris's work, um, they're kind of they're they're very blocky. They're quite they're quite sort of simple. They're very very child friendly, and yet uh, we have kind of like wonderful sort of stories. And here with well done, Mummy Penguin, um, I personally went on an emo- emotional roller coaster with this book because Mummy Penguin, um, Mummy Penguin is out getting the dinner right, um, and it's also really lovely to see uh, you know the fact that Daddy Penguin is the one who's kind of staying behind and ma- and minding. You you know, uh, the little penguin. Um, that's kind of beautifully done. But Mummy Penguin has to go over the ice and sneak past the polar bear. And if she slips, oh no, what's going to happen? Um, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it is delightful. It is so kind of 
just so pleasing, so warm, so comforting, um, so funny as well. Um, it's always kind of so impressive when you see how much people can do with, you know, just kind of a couple of hundred words and some kind of gorgeous illustrations. So That's Chris Houghton's Well Done Mummy Penguin. Claire, I'm going to stick with you for the next one. You've actually got a poultry anthology for children and everything will be glad to see you. And it's edited by Ella Risbridger. Yes, this is absolutely gorgeous book. It also has um, wonderful illustrations by Anna Chapetta. And this is, uh, I mean, I'm a big poetry fan anyway. And I think that um, these kind of poems are, they're very accessible for kids. They're fun. They're not, we do have kind of some of the kind of, I suppose, poets that you might expect to see. So say uh, Christina Rossetti and kind of Emily Dickinson. Um, but you've also got um, just sort of like a really wide range of, um, of kind of poets kind of in Included here, and a lovely sort of um, opening letter from Ella Risbridger, who's also a writer, and she's she doesn't talk down to the readers of you know sort of 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 this book. Um, she's very kind of like sort of child friendly in the way that she kind of explains look you know we're not saying that um, you know that like there's a difference between boy art and girl art Um, what we are saying is that there's loads of this kind of anthology I wanted to do something a bit different and I'm going to encourage you to go and make your own kind of collections of sort of poems and little sort of moments that help you see the world a bit differently Um, so it's just it's very warm it's very welcoming it's very accessible and the fact that it's illustrated it just makes it an absolutely sort of beautiful kind of gift book. Okay, that's the And Everything Will Be Glad to See You edited by Ella Risbridger. Your next choice, Podrick, is Alex Dunn's book The Book of Secrets aimed at 9 to 13 year olds. Yeah, I really like this book. It was recommended for for me by my daughter. She said it was great. Um, And the thing I really liked about it is it's about a girl called uh, Kat. She lives in a a village called uh, Clonbridge. And it's set around Halloween and the fairy folk are having their annual party, the revels. Now, Kat has this strange supernatural gift of sight, which attracts fairies and things like that. Um, and her little baby brother is taken and replaced by a changeling. And her friend's, her friend's sister, his friend, her friend Shane, his sister is taken by the fairies as well. So Kat has to, you know, rescue them along with the help of Shane. The thing I really liked about this book is that it's really reminiscent of kind of old-fashioned adventure stories you'd read when you were a kid. Um, it's very simple, very straightforward, but very well-crafted. And it uses Irish folklore in a very convincing way. There's a, a thing called a Cloricon in it. He's like a, a kind of mini little leprechaun who works for sherry and whiskey. Uh, there's a creature called the Headless Coachman. The Dunhallow, I think, is, is what he's called. Uh, there's a creature called the Merrow. So she confronts, it's a, it's, a, it's a water spirit. So she confronts all these creatures in her in her quest to to get her baby brother back and her friend's uh, sister back. The, and it's just very simple, really straightforward, very well crafted. It's especially well crafted because it's a debut novel. And, and it really impressed me for that reason too. Alex Dunn, The Book of Secrets. Your next one, Claire, is by Claire Mitchell for a similar age group, I think, Run For Your Life. Jane Mitchell. Uh, and it's... Um it's a very, it's a very important book, and I want to kind of get that bit out of the way first, right? Because it is one of those children's books that deals with an important issue, um, and that issue is what it is life like for children in Ireland who are who are asylum seekers and who are living in direct provision. So when I say this, 
I think that can make that can make this book sound very heavy, very worthy. Um, and what really kind of um, impressed me about this particular book um, is that you know, and I would have approached it, I think, met with many of those kind of feelings of like, oh, I'm sure this is going to be sort of very kind of important. Is it going to be, is it going to be a good read or is it going to feel like a lecture? Is it going to feel like sort of being told, actually, this is a bit of a problem and, you know, finger wagging. And it is not that at all. It is a wonderful, evocative, lyrical, empathetic exploration of what it's like to be in a new place, what it's like to have gone through something sort of very difficult, what it's like to um, to be an outsider, what it's like to be in an unfair situation. It is really moving. Um, it's really beautifully done. Um, I think it's, I think it is kind of one of the the best things that Jane Mitchell has ever has ever written. And if you're kind of familiar with her work, if you're familiar with kind of Irish children's literature in general, um, you'll know that she is kind of one of our stars. Um, so you know, really can't recommend this book highly enough. That's Jane Mitchell and Run For Your Life. Your next one, uh, Podrick, is by a new author, Ashling O'Loughlin, and it's called Big Big Bad Me. And I think this is for older teenagers, is it? Yeah, this is kind of a, a YA book. Although I, I, if you have uh, kids as well who are teenagers, you might be able to sneak a read because it's it's kind of one for the Buffy fans. It's about a girl called 15 and called Evie Wilder. She's 15 and a half years old and she lives with her mother Sinead and sister Kate in, in Canada. Now she allegedly has a rare form of diabetes so she has to use this extra special insulin to, to keep her, you know, keep her safe. Uh, it turns out this extra special insulin is to stop her turning into a werewolf. So there's a big Buffy vibe in this. Okay. Um, I mean, it, it draws a lot from Buffy. There's, it's, it's a very kind of nudge, nudge, wink, wink. It's great fun. Um, there's vampires and werewolves galore in this. It starts off, the problems really start off when, you know, there's a hot, creepy guy at the beginning. There's always a hot, creepy guy in these kind of books. And the hot, creepy guy usually turns out to be a vampire. In this case, he turns out to be a werewolf. And that starts uh, Evie off on her journey to werewolfhood and her, as what she calls her inner Fido. So there's a lot of quips in this. Uh, so it is very reminiscent of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So anyone who grew up and watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer would love this. Their teenagers would probably love this as well. Uh, the adventure really takes off when they arrive at a, a town called Brightside. So Brightside, I suppose, is kind of the, the Buffy uh, Sunnydale surrogate. So it turns out there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of tr- problems with vampires, that kind of thing. Lots of action scenes. Uh, it's, it's a genre I'd call kissy, kissy, bitey, bitey, because there's a lots of uh, violence between the werewolves and vampires ch- chomping down on each other's necks. And after this, there's, you know, lots of kissing between the, the various hot teenagers, uh, that kind of thing. So, like I said, very reminiscent of Buffy. Um, very okay. self-referential. It's absolutely great fun. It, it rocks along at a, cu- a great pace. Very exciting. Good crack. Big Bad Me by Ashlyn O'Loughlin. Your next choice, Claire, is by Kelly Barnhill, When Women Were Dragons. Yes. So this is one of my favourites from this year. Um, it's a great one for, I think it's a great one for uh, the kind of teenager that reads a fair bit and has maybe started getting a bit, a bit snarky about how all the books are the same and they all have these, you know, particular tropes in them. And this is just, it's something kind of a bit different. So the premise of this is that in, um, in kind of the 1950s in America, um, 
uh, something something a bit mad happens, which is that about 160,000 women turn into dragons. Right. Uh, So, you know, one day you've just, you know, you're there looking at your mother and then the next it's like, oh, oh, okay, there's a dragon in the kitchen. Um, And what happens after that is that nobody talks about it. It's very weird. And that if people are talking about it, um, then they are, they're going to be sort of like viewed as kind of a bit of a threat. So you have, um, it draws on kind of the history of, um, you know, sort of like fears about kind of communism and, um, you know, sort of like the American um, kind of, you know, sort of like investigating kind of un-American activity. And, you know, alongside kind of like, are you a communist? It's like, are you talking about dragons? So I love that as a premise. And then what Kelly Barnhill does um, in this particular story is she just pulls you in through the story of one particular kind of girl who grows up kind of wondering why nobody is talking about this. She's a scientist. She wants to sort of investigate all of this. Um, it's just brilliantly, uh, brilliantly weird and wonderful. Um, and That's I When don't. Women Were Dragons by <laughs> Kelly Barnhill. Our next one, uh, Podrick, is Creature by Sean Tan. Yeah, I'm kind of breaking my brief here a little bit, unfortunately. Why is that? I was trying to look for a picture book. But Sean Tan is my, possibly my favourite children's book, adult book illustrator, because he straddles both worlds with illustrations. So this is kind of more of a coffee table book, a kind of compendium of lots of illustrations that he's done in in all his books down through the years. So it gives you a kind of flavour of of all the work he's done. It's a very big book, great book. Um, it's like a coffee table book. It is big time like a coffee table book. But I think the advantage of this book here, I mean, there's no story as such, but he talks about why he drew monsters down through his career. And there's lots of monsters and lots of strange creatures in this book. Trying to describe a Sean Tan creature is almost impossible. For example, you, you can have a, what looks like a hat stand with tentacles carrying around pencils. There's a, a picture of a giant rabbit in a duffel coat giving a giant strawberry with the alphabet on it to uh, another rabbit. Um, it's all, it's very strange, but the reason I like it is because I think it, his illustrations work on both levels for kids and adults. They're like something you pluck from your dreams. It could be giants, you know, cr- clashing in the background as you're having a picnic on a beach. There could be a man who looks like a rabbit heading down a freeway. But you look at them, and I said to someone once, it's like having your brain opened by a tin opener. It kind of changes the way you look at the world in a strange way. He kind of marries the surreal and the mundane uh, to a very st- strange effect. And also technically, he's just a brilliant illustrator. He just beautiful illustrations, beautiful use of colour. Um, you could just immerse yourself in this world, just throw yourself into it. You will have no idea what's going on, possibly. But I don't think that matters. I think what matters is the effect these illustrations would have on children and on parents as well. Okay, your last choice for us, Claire, is by Helena Close. Things I know. Yes, this is again. This might this might sound initially like another issue book um, because it looks at um, it looks at kind of a teenager who's just finished her leaving cert and is experiencing um, a mental health crisis. Right, and what drew me to this one was that it is very smart and very um, snappy. 
about the cliches that we peddle um, when it comes to sort of mental health and particularly sort of for young people. So there's a lovely kind of rant in it um, a few chapters in that kind of riffs on, you know, the idea of like, you know, having those posters that are like, it's okay to not be okay. And the narrator is just scathing and kind of has no time for these kind of oversimplified, um, you know, little kind of little bits of fridge magnet wisdom, basically. Um, so the voice in this is just brilliant. It's um, it's it's snarky. It's vulnerable. It's very smart. Um, this is a book that I think really kind of takes teenagers seriously, um, that has a lot of kind of respect for them. And that really comes through. It's a very, it's gritty. It's it's maybe not one for sort of the younger teens. I'd be going kind of for the older ones. Um, but that is, that is absolutely, um, I think, one of, one of the great books that has come out this year. Podrick, your last choice is My Heart and Other Breakables by Alex Barkley. Is that Alex, the crime thriller writer? It is indeed, yeah. Uh, she's kind of, Changing gears big time with this one, um, but to great effect, I think. This one is about an American girl called Ellery Brown. She's 15 years old and she lives on the Berry Peninsula. And she's recently bereaved because her mother has died. But her best friend, uh, Megzer, if I remember her name correctly, convinces her to write a diary. Now, I love diary books because there's great opportunities for both humour and pathos. And this is filled with humour and pathos. And as someone who grew up with the Adrian Mole books, I think the the real test of success of these kind of books is the kind of secondary characters and the secondary characters in this book are are just great. They're really memorable, very funny. For example, she has her uh, put-upon grandfather. Um, He's so put-upon, they go to a tennis club at one point and he points at something and says, look, it's your grandmother. And it turns out it's a tennis ball machine that just fires out tennis balls. So there's that kind of humour in it. Uh, I will say, Alex, fair play to her, the humour, I think it's, I think it's Marion Keyes level humour. It's that good. And I think Marion Keyes is possibly the funniest writer we've had since Flann O'Brien. Um, and Ellery sets out on a mission to find out who her father is because she doesn't know who her father is. So she comes up with, with three options. Uh, one is a kind of short, balding sci-fi nerd guy who writes sci-fi books. The other guy is a, is a guy who writes miserable literary books and he enjoys the misery. And then there's another guy who writes thriller writers and he's like kind of stone-faced, granite-jawed, that kind of thing. So with the help of Meg, uh, Megzer, she, she goes and tries to find who her, who her father is. There's actually a scene at the Irish Book Awards at one point as well, which is quite interesting um, because it might have been one of the years you and, or I were nominated. So, but we don't make an appearance, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but it, it's good. It, it's very, very funny. Great cast of characters. Uh, she, oh, I have to mention other characters. For example, her friend Megzer has, her brothers are called the Ferrells. Like there's Junior Ferrell, middle feral and senior feral and basically they're just these mad little young fellows who run around the house tearing the place apart. Um, I loved it for the secondary characters. I loved it for the voice of Ellery. I loved it for the humour set pieces. There's some great set pieces in it. Very funny, very moving. Um, I think she really knocks it out of the park with this. I think, well, I hope Alex keeps writing thrillers but I hope she keeps writing these kind of books too. Podrick Kenny and Claire Hennessy, thank you so much for taking the time to go through selection of children's books of the years. Podrick, of course, is author himself of books like Shadow of Rookhaven. Uh, Claire has written Like Other Girls and Nothing Tastes as Good. But there's a terrific selection there that we'll put up as well on our Twitter feed and on our web page and all the rest of it if you missed any of the names of the recommendations that they made. Podrick and Claire, thank you very much for being with us on The Last Word. 
The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.